All right, hey guys, and welcome to the Three Drinks In Podcast, episode number 261. I am your host, Vince. Over there is your host, Phil. Hey. There he is. In this episode, we are talking about season three of Star Trek Picard. Uh, but before we get started, we want to ask you to please subscribe to the podcast on any of the streaming services, including Apple uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Amazon Music, and Google Music or Google Play, whatever it is. Uh, make sure that you leave us a five-star rating and maybe even a review. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 3DrinksInPod. You can like us on Facebook and you can email us at 3DrinksInPodcast at gmail.com. Last of all, don't forget to check out our merchandise over at tpublic.com. So I, I, I looked it up when we had um, last talked about this show. I'm thinking like it was uh, it was back, in, you know, when we were still doing that old gimmicky format BS, but like, you know, we have so-and-so as a, as a special guest who never shows up kind of a thing. Oh, it was really that, that long, long ago? Yeah, it was uh, January. It was pre-pandemic. It was January 27th of 2020. Mm. So that's when this show premiered around that t- that time. Episode 159. Huh. So, yeah. And... Uh, it was not good. It was... It was offensive. It, it was so bad. I was talking to somebody about this recently. I can't remember who it was. Somebody asked me, you know, was like, well, do, do I like these shows? And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a classics. My fan, my like, I tend to stick to the, uh, to the hits. Yeah, they know. call it um, the legacy Star Trek now. Anything that comes <laughs> after Enterprise is considered like, you know, before that is considered legacy Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because I mean, words mean things. But well, sure. Enter- Enterprise ended almost twenty years ago. Now it was a long time. I suppose. I mean, legacy is as good a word as any. It doesn't really mean anything. But no, sure. But it's just an easy way to keep track of all this. I don't want to keep saying the Alan Alex Kurtzman Star Trek. Like it's too it's too bulky. Well, so. I mean, now it's just CBS. Like CBS owns Paramount, I guess, or. Vice, I don't know who owns whom, but right, but you know, right, but they, all the all yeah, these yeah. new ones are produced by Alex Kurtzman, right? He who, generally takes the brunt of the blame for them all being terrible. What was he famous for? What did he do? Uh, no idea. Uh, I, I don't know if he came. Not from Star him. Trek because he he's it's not good. <laughs> yeah, no, and I. So, I mean, he did Transformers movies. Those were also. God awful. Oh yeah, no, that's okay. But like when when they asked that, what this person asked, I can't, I really can't think of who it was. But when they said, you know, do you watch the new ones? I was like, no, I generally find them offensive. You know, not in the like. I try very hard not to do this in like the, the nerd setting. Like people take ownership of these things to a degree where it's sort of inappropriate, and you know, the kind of person who who will say that the new version of something is ruining the version that I recall as... A, I, I tend to find that argument pretty stupid. Very rarely have I felt that a new version of a thing has somehow made the old thing worse. Like, I get it that nothing exists in a vacuum, and you may be disinclined to watch something again once you see like how what they're doing with it, but like at, at the same time, it's like, no, you can still have good memories of, of enjoying a, 
some kind of entertainment before you saw the new version, which you don't like. But what I, what I find offensive about it is that um, they're just taking advantage of people with you know because they they feel they have the the built-in audience, and that just kind of drives me crazy. They went, all right, well, what do a lot of people like and will watch no matter what it is? And they go, well, Star Wars and Star Trek. Okay, fine. So we're going to start to do those things. And we're guaranteed a return more so than if we invented something new. Or try to continue what they were doing before, which was sort of niche. Like people, you know, it's not a, that huge of a segment of the, of the audience who's watching the old Star Trek episodes. And by old, I mean, you know, mid-2000s. But... You know, if we take those nerds and make a TV show that's got action and adventure and swashbuckling and blowing up of things and decapitations, we'll then bring in new people who don't care about Star Trek, but like will watch an action TV show. Then you've got a hit, and like I can't necessarily blame them because they're not wrong. The shows are to some extent making money and they have an audience such as it is even though no TV show has a big one now anyway but I just kind of feel like it's taking advantage of like hey there's a new Star Trek and oh it's nothing like what you thought it was what you enjoyed it's you know it's a watered down you know transformerized version of, of, of that if you could possibly get your head around that you know so yeah yeah no it's they were they were and this season is different of Picard, but it's still sort of stuck in that trapping of it being like every other sci-fi show that's ever existed in which, you know, things are dark, like even the sets and aesthetics are dark. Um, the people are angry and cynical and nasty to one another. And everything is a very cruel, for, forbidding place. You know, it's not a place you want to be. Yeah, And then... So when you're watching it, you're just like, these people don't even want to be here. Why should I want to be here? Like, it's a miserable looking experience. And then they tried to pivot with Anson Mount's new show. And Anson Mount is fantastic. He's great. All those people imitating all the old people are very good. Like, even the guy who plays Spock, it does a pretty good job. And I always go to the Red Letter Media guys because they're, the guy Mike is a really big Star Trek fan. And he said, you know, this was the return to the episodic format and they wanted to make it bright and, and, you know, exploring and everything. And he goes, and I had to turn it off after two episodes because I couldn't stand them quipping and their goofy sensibility and their like constant like gee-aw shucksness to them. He was like, you know, I'm older, so maybe it's me. But I preferred when these people were military and scientific professionals who understood what they were doing. <laughs> And, you know, had a sense of themselves while they did it. Yeah. Anson Mount has a fantastic smile, but he doesn't need to be flashing it every time they, like, go right over the horizon. Like, oh, gee, look at that stuff. I'm an explorer. Like, how did you become the captain of a ship doing this, behaving this way? Like, act like an adult. Be serious. Take, take you know, take the material seriously. So he said I couldn't watch it, and I had a hard time watching it, too. Yeah, I, I, I guess it was for the same reason. And I think well, two points. First is on like the whole, you know, explorers versus the military industrial complex that was 
the exploring thing always seemed to come as like an afterthought. That was always something that they were always flying around on a you know diplomatic mission or a, bringing medical supplies to some godforsaken colony or whatever. And then they would bump into something and they go, you know, we are explorers. It's like, yeah, by the way, we're, like, they, they spent so much time doing a job. Yeah, and, you know, the only ones that really did the exploring were the original Enterprise with Kirk, because it was the 60s and that's what they did. And Voyager was like, could, we're purposely going out to explore things. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. you're right. Like the Enterprise was like, oh, by the way, I guess we can also check out this nebula no one's looked at in a while. Like yeah, it was an like, afterthought. And like they, they did it in Enterprise, but there it was sort of like novel. And there, you know, it, it was the other stuff getting in the way of the exploring, which was interesting. You know, you had yeah, these sort of would... naive people flying around being like, all right, let's go, let's go stare at some shit. And then they were like, well, they all want to kill each other and they want to kill you because you're flying by. So we have to deal with that now. Yeah, and in the fourth season, they would comment on it. Like, oh, now we're doing this? When are we going to go explore stuff? Yeah. You know, but like, I think of there was an interview with some of the writers in Voyager, and when they switched people in the third season, they were like, we're not doing stories about almost getting home and then not getting home because it makes Voyager a dreary place to be. You know, one of the things people always talk about what exactly is Star Trek, but one of the things that actually is always Star Trek is that. <laughs> The people on the show always want to be better. They're always trying to improve and explore and, you know, expand horizons. So, like, you're right. When they do all these things like, you know, uh, diplomatic missions and cargo runs and things like that, the exploration is like a perk, a benefit to that. So when they were on Voyager, the writers were like, we're doing a show about people exploring space. If they're always whining about not getting home, it sucks. So we looked at it as they're going to make the most of it and they're going to do exploring as they travel home. And like that was always sort of part of it. Like they were happy to be there. That yeah. that was sort of just like the thing that came along with the other things they wanted to do. Like if you're studying botany on the Enterprise, whatever. But at least you can go out and explore and maybe see new plants. Like it was a perk. And by the end too, what the only, one of the few interesting things was that uh, like, Remember season seven, Harry is trying to get Tom to help him do a thing to help them get home faster. And Tom is trying to get back to his quarters because Bolan is pregnant. And, um, you know, Harry I mean, says, don't like, you don't don't you want to get home? And Tom goes, I am home. I am home. And that's the, like, that's it. That's like the best moment in the show is when you is when you when you realize that, like, you know, what's important is in it, that's actual character growth. <laughs> Which they never did. I mean, Tom had the most of it out of any of them because he really began as just sort of like a ne'er-do-well and ends up, you know, fairly competent, even though he goes through periods of ups and downs. Um, you know, and like his, 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 he didn't have an arc so much as he had like a, you know, like a, you know, you know, like a wavelength curve. It just kind of went up and down. I say a sharp rise and then a long plateau. Yeah. But the new, the new Star Treks don't have any of that. Like they're no. like the expanse where they're just miserable. I'm like, I don't want to watch miserable sci-fi like this. We have and enough I, of that. And I liked the expanse. I I kind of the, the 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 expanse to me is a bit like um uh what's it called the Cylon show Battlestar Galactica, in that like they would sort of change course midway through things and not have any idea what they were doing, 
And like the first, I guess it was season and a half. I forget where I stopped with the expanse, but like when they finally figured out their um, political issues between Mars and um, Earth, and then and the belt, and then everything kind of stopped them and, and became about like the supernatural things on the planet with with whatever else was going on. I kind of tuned it off. I go, okay, no, you you've resolved the issue. You're done, you know. And with the with the with 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 Battlestar, they you know they were they were flying around and then, then they were on a planet for a while and everything got screwed up and they got off the planet and then like okay but now we, we, nothing is happening like there was no direction anymore they didn't know what they were doing yeah. um but you you said something before that I I think was really important it's the thing I never really figured out or I did, 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 didn't crystallize until you said it was that the thing that I loved most about the you know the not original Star but like the like the, the legacy Star Treks was that you wanted to be there. I remember having fantasies as a kid. Like, wouldn't it be great if I was like uh, you know a guy on the Enterprise and I got to have all this cool technology and you know even in places like DS Nine, wouldn't it be exciting to be at this sort of like you know frontier type place in the future and you know voyager and enterprise like they were all places that the audience would want to spend time in that's why we dressed up like these people not me but like (laughs) (laughs) let me be clear (laughs) not me you idiots (laughs) but like because they wanted to enter that environment desperately this this latest round of shows it's a horror show. Every every place you go, it's just terrifying. And there were places like that in the original shows, but they were also like they were like you know we had to visit this weird backwater town where people, you know, with ladies with four arms were playing the piano and you know sucking on salt sticks and weird crap like that and yeah. you know somewhat smoky rooms and here you have people smoking cigarettes for some reason like that's cool again and. You know, it's just like it's the cheapest way of like this is the bad guy because he's twirling a mustache and smoking a cigarillo or whatever, and you just don't want to spend any time there. And before before we get into this latest, you know, three episodes of Picard that are yes a marked improvement upon what was what came before, and I didn't even get through the first episode. Of Picard. I think I watched that just that one and that was it. I was done. But like even this one where it's much, much better, like the captain of the new ship is a dick. From the moment you meet him, he's a schmuck. And yeah, nobody but... wants to what not it, it, Go not, ahead, go ahead. <laughs> so like and again, he's still an improvement. He's a little bit more complex than your average you know, he's not as two-dimensional as he could be, but everyone is just miserable all the time. Nobody wants to be there. It's not well lit. I mean, the, the original Enterprise was lit it's up like, not, the, like the 4th of July. You know, know. You can't it's see really anything. Well lit. You can't, I, I'm still like, why didn't they just change that? No one and, cares. And I, mean, <laughs> I mean, the thing about it, too, is that, like, th- this this concept of a television show Never made a good movie. They've made a dozen of them, and they're all very, you know, they are middling at best. 
you know, you know, middling to downright awful. And what they're really trying to do here is just to make a lot of long form movies because that's what that's what people are making these days. Is they're making, you know, long form TV shows. So well, we have to make it that because it has to be that because no one's watching anything else. You know, and I think you're. I think we're gonna find in the next ten years that like all the things that we were told, no one's watching anymore. We're not quite sure if it's gonna be they weren't watching them or nobody was making them. Like Night Court just came back recently, and apparently it's fantastic, and it's a multi-camera sitcom, half an hour sitcom, just like the old Night Court was with John Larroquette and the lady who played Bernadette from the the, the Big Bang Theory. And I, I saw one scene. It was funny, and I meant to watch the show. And I, yeah, I mean the the way we consume TV is different. They may not let, lend itself to those shows anymore, but it doesn't mean that nobody will watch them if you don't put them on. Like if you know, it, it it could work out. But this this format doesn't work with this concept of of a TV show. And it's trying to shoehorn it in, and it's it's really just not working. It's too it, much like like the. Like, like the films. Well, you, there's not a, there's too much on TV. There's not enough talent to go around. That's why when these things happen and they turn out to be really good, everyone kind of like grabs each other by the lapel. Like you have to watch this one. This one's actually worth watching. <laughs> you know, because there's too much. Because the content machines need content. There's just they call it churn, right? How many Netflix shows can you watch? As long as we just keep pumping them out, and even if they get canceled after one year, who cares? Because you stupid idiots sl- slavishly will watch anything, you know. So here's one more season of this and one more season of that. So like, I I sat through the first season of Picard and it was horrendous. <laughs> I mean, it was just the worst thing. And I got through two and a half seasons of Discovery before I called it quits on that. <laughs> Because I just sat there going, I don't know who's writing this stuff. And I don't know if I could do a better job. I've never once said that in my life. But I have to imagine somebody could. You know, like all the people who did all the old Star Treks are out there working on different shows. Some with more success than others. And like you're sitting there watching like some of this literally doesn't make sense. Or some of this is just so stupid and hackneyed that it could be an episode of a soap opera. You know, and the, and the people writing it clearly don't have any idea what it is that they're talking about. But we're hoping that the the big budgets and special effects will distract you from this, and you won't care. So you're sitting here like, oh my, ugh, what? So this season is a much you know market improvement in that it's not a dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it still doesn't make it fantastic or good. Like I'm watching it because I'm mildly entertained and it has a nostalgia factor. They've now leaned very hard into that yeah. with all the old characters and uh, old Easter eggs and everything. So they're just, this is the last year they're doing it. They're, you know, This is the final season. So they're kind of like, here's all the stuff you idiots said you wanted since you didn't like the first two years. <laughs> Stop and, bitching and leave me alone. Yeah, basically. And then the people with half their brains are going, I like this. And the rest of us are sitting here like, well, it's better than nothing. And it's certainly better than the one that they put out before. So I'll just watch it. So let's talk about some of the things that we now don't hate about Star Trek Picard. Which, 
before we get into that, I will say I do hate the title of this show so very much. I think it's lazy and it's it's the laziest and most stupid of all of them. Well, what would you have called it? I again, I don't know. <laughs> it's about a guy named Picard. It's fine, but like okay. you, you, it just sort of like it's like they couldn't think of a title, and they go, "Well, we finally got Patrick Stewart back." Everybody else had been involved in some capacity for the last few years. LeVar Burden shows up in a lot of them. They got Jonathan Frakes to come back for the the series finale of Enterprise. You know, um, Deanna Troy was on uh, Voyager. So was Barkley, which is one of my favorite episodes of that show. Um, Like there's... You know, there's involvement by a lot of people. Brent Spiner came back to do a really great turn on Enterprise in like a completely different role. Like, and they're and they're directing everything. But Patrick Stewart was like, "No, I'm done." Like, you know, not as done as Avery Brooks, who, as far as I'm concerned, lives in a cave. Um, I think people are okay with that, though. <laughs> no, no know. one is. No one's clamoring for more Avery. No, Brooks. no one's like, I really want to get get him back. Like, it's probably better off that he's not around. <laughs> yeah, like I, I didn't finish listening to the Armin Shimmerman episode of Shuttlepod uh, show, but I, I did do the Michael Dorn one. He's all, like, all that was a weird them. set. Like, all of them was, say the exact same thing. Like, yeah. He's a very odd man. It was, Very it was super quiet and nobody, <laughs> yeah. you know, which is such a shame because he's such a brilliant actor. And I thought that uh, it, to, to me, it's always great when people not well suited for roles just take them. Like this is a guy, his IMDb list is so short. He's done so few things. He did, you know, Spencer for Hire, the, the Spencer for Hire spinoff called A Man Called Hawk. He did American History X and nothing else I can think of. Like he's really done very few TV and film credits. Uh, but then he did seven years of Star Trek for God's sakes. Like he didn't want to do this at all. But they must have paid him enough money that he could do whatever he wanted afterward. Yeah, and and um, it's a testament to his skills that he was so good. And yeah, everybody was so professional. Like that's the thing about it. That that's kind of amazing is like you know people who who are so good that they're willing to do a thing that they don't really love all that much you know because their sort of talent demands it of them and that's i admire that greatly and i you know i also just just think that he brought something to 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 those that show that like that that ultimate heavy he was the ultimate good heavy you know like the, the heavy's always is always the bad guy you know, but he brought a heaviness to the good guy role that never seen since, and I never will. It's it's completely unique in terms of storytelling is to have your the good guy be both terrifying and lovable. That's why I like this the scene where Jadzia tells, or rather, Ezri Dax tells Cisco later on that Worf is scared of him. Yeah. Like I loved that because. I would totally buy that. <laughs> you know, like he's so intimidating a guy that even the nine foot Klingon is like, no, I don't fuck with that guy. No, we don't. We, we don't do that. Anyway, so what do we like about this new season of Picard? Um, well, the writing's a lot better. Wait, wait. So why why did you hate the title Picard? 
I just felt that like they could have called it something else and just had him do it. See, like, have it be listening. about him, but also, but like, it just it sort of sort of takes over the it it forces it to be about only him and it, the the first episode and the first season kind of wasn't about him it was about all these other people and, and then data and being sad about data and whatever it else it, it, it was centered around him though yeah i just felt that like it didn't if you were to call it something else you know even if i don't know just something about but but lazily naming it after the guy on the screen well i, I listened to the podcast with um jeffrey combs who played several several characters and they were asking him about being on star trek enterprise and he says the first time they called me for a guest spot i was like i don't want to be on a car commercial i'm an actor and they all laughed because the show was called enterprise it wasn't called because because at the time they had dropped star trek because they were thinking like "Ah, it's oversaturated let's just call it enterprise and like a bunch of people had no idea what it was for, including him. <laughs> so I'm like, now every show, they just throw Star Trek up there, colon something or other. So I was like, yeah, all right. It's a, he, he was the big draw. So I was like, okay. I mean, and if you've seen his third season, only one other character is still around <laughs> from that first year. Yeah. the the All the, the rest of them got dumped. The lady with the, the, with the curly hair, right? And like, yeah. the, the, like the drug problem. Probably my least favorite character. Like, it's not bad. They were, they, they were all useless. They were not. They were not, not she good. was the only one who could sort of act. So they kept her around. <laughs> She's chewing it up there, I'll tell you. Acting yeah. horrid most of the time. Mm. Yeah. So what what did you like about Star Trek Picard? Um, it's, I think, yeah, like the writing is certainly better. Oh, it's leagues better. Yeah, I mean, like. It's it. Certain things are like there's a mystery to it that I that that I really enjoy. Like there, are not too many things that are explained away. One of them is, but they, which I think is funny. I know we'll get to that in a minute. But like, you know, it's it's just it's structured well. Here's the thing, you know, there's a big action sequence in the beginning. I don't know if I Gates McFadden. She she's she's trying, she's trying real hard. Um. But uh, you know, it's it's it starts off. It's got your action sequence over there. You you know, and then you drags Picard into it. You don't really know what's like. I don't feel like I need to know anything about the first two seasons to watch this show. There's the, I think I asked you one question about why do they keep calling him Positronic, and you go, oh yeah, he's a robot. He's not yeah. really the old Picard. They uploaded That's his annoying. brain into this into this exact replica of it. I'm like, oh. Oh, God. I guess they yeah. had to mention that in the, they in, had to in keep the dialogue. That, <laughs> that that's like the only thing they kept because they couldn't really get around that where he died and they put him back into this like positronic body, and then he like wakes up and he's like, "Oh my God, you put me in a robot body!" And they were like, "Yeah, it's okay." He goes, "But I'm I'm not going to live forever as an old man, am I?" And like, "No, we programmed you to die at an appropriate time." <laughs> And he goes, oh, thank God. Like, that's okay. <laughs> like, well, well, when did you do? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, could you, could it, you give me a warning? Or? Is it soon? Yeah. Is it, like, do could I be go next... off like an alarm clock? Like, what happens? <laughs> could oh, be next God. week. Could be a year from now. Who knows? Could be like, any, any second now. Yeah. And then they just and sort that, of like ignore it. 
Oh man, that was. He still has to eat and sleep and everything. I'm like, this is so stupid. This is so so stupid. So like, yeah, like that that part needed some explanation. But beyond that, like you didn't really need to it. Like no one. No, the rest of it doesn't really matter. Like you just you get what everybody wants and what and if and if you don't know what they want in the long term, you know in the short term they're trying. You know, like everyone's very interested in 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 you know capturing the very handsome guy. And you know, with the with with, with who, who fans of Downton Abbey will recognize as Jimmy, the first footman from season whatever of that show. He's very um, good, that guy. He's very good. Like, like at first I was like, "This is an nobody, British guy," and then I'm like, well, "This guy is actually acting circles around most of these people." So. Yeah, no, I mean, look, nobody on Downton Abbey was a bad actor. That was that. That was the thing about that show. It's like everybody was good except for one person. But like. <laughs> And I'll leave you all in suspense <laughs> as to who that was, but um, but you know he's 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 quite good. But like, it's you know you you get everyone's motivations, you get the drama, you get the tension, you know it's it's just it's just well constructed. You know Jonathan Frakes is a lot of fun to have on a TV screen. He's just fun. Is he the best actor in the world? No, but like. He he figured out how to play Riker, you know, thirty years ago, and he's been doing it ever since. And he's just a pleasant and like you and I have met him very briefly, but like he's a pleasant guy, and he just he's how how he was in person is exactly what Riker would would would, would be like. There was no like Michael Dorn is stoic and sort of quiet, kind of like Worf is, but not. You know, not that he's not the same thing. But Jonathan Franks is a sort of a happy, handsome, gregarious fella, and so is Riker. And it's just fun to, you know, have him. Around. Like he's just fun to have, be, you know, to have him in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's good, and Worf is always great. It's just great to have Worf, Michael Dorn. You, 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 you texted me like this guy could do this in in his sleep. He's just yeah, I, so I just good little... at it. I was just curious how he would do because he's he he's always done a lot of heavy lifting, being uh, like the outsider, the alien, the deep voice, the, the, and then like as soon as he started talking, I'm like, this guy hasn't missed a beat. No, he's exactly where he always was. It's great, yeah. and he was always that that was that even that guy who did the big list for Playboy. Oh, I don't remember his name, but yeah, we but, we. So, yeah, yeah. Think he used to make comments about all the time. He was like, "This character is the heart and soul of Star Trek." Yeah, before Picard ever became a thing, because yeah. he was the only one who ever went through everything that a person could experience. Yeah, you know, no, like, he, and you were always rooting for him. I was like, he, "Yeah, that's right." <laughs> he, he, yeah, he's unquestionably the most complex and the most endearing and the most um, lovable, despite. You know the fact that he was, you know, yeah. like looks hideous. You know, yeah, and he, he's he's honorable. He's upstanding. He's a good friend. He's a good boyfriend, husband. Like he's funny when he doesn't mean to be, and sometimes yeah. it's funny when he is. Like he's he's just always rooting for a guy. I mean, I would go so far as to say he's one of the best the one of the best characters created. You know, in the history of television. Like he, me. well, it, it helps that he has a long shelf life. Yeah, like what you well, say, two hundred forty episodes. I mean, you can get to, you can learn a lot about a character 
when you have but that like, many episodes. But you also want to as well. Like you want to spend more time with Worf because he's just so interesting. Even when he's you know making the wrong choices, he's still sort of interesting to watch. Like there's that. You know, like, Worf's a racist, everybody. That that was a thing, and that was a thing that happened a lot in that show, and it didn't go away at any point. And, you know, you still sort of, like, can sort of see yourself in a lot of his, of his you know, decisions and issues. And, you know, he's both, you know, complex and clear-eyed at the same time. Yeah, no, he's great. I mean, him, you know, Saul Goodman, Walter White... And, you know, you can go and find other ones, but, like, he's in the top five. He's just, he's, you know, he's much more important, I think, to the franchise than anybody else. And not just because he's been around for so long, but just just because he's just carried so much this entire time. Mm -hmm. But um, it was great to have him. I also think he benefits, you know, the other ones look old. Like, Patrick Stewart is really showing his age here, and I... I tend to usually feel sort of sad when actors die because I'm like, oh, you know, because like when Tom Petty died, Tom Petty hadn't sang a note in 20 years. And so, like, oh, it's so sad he died. You know, when like when Stephen Sondheim died, you know, half of New York went into, you know, full black cloth mourning. It was terrible. And like, oh, my God. But like Stephen Sondheim had not produced anything for his craft in two decades and he wasn't really engaged with artists he wasn't actively working I mean, that i know of you know he did a lot of teaching but he didn't you know he'd been old and sick for a long time and then he died and everyone was sad it's okay, it's fine. but like they were sad to a point where they were devastated i'm like this seems disproportionate to what he was sort of doing now you could be sad a person died but like his contributions had ceased quite some time ago this is the case of you know singers and you know what like uh, uh, unless you're cut down in your prime you tend to have retired and moved on and like oh it's sad you die but like you hadn't made a hit in 50 years and who cares you know Mm -hmm. but actors tend to be able to work very late in life and you're kind of like you know it's they could still be working and that's kind of kind of a shame that we're not going to get more of him in movies and that kind of that kind of a thing but Patrick Stewart is really just like so different from how he 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 was in the original. His voice has changed so dramatically. His voice is so old. It used to be, yeah. I mean, it's a long time but, ago. But some actors never lose their voice. Like Christopher Plummer never lost his voice, and like it still had that um like that amazing baritone. Patrick Stewart's voice is gone. He doesn't sound like like the same guy, and it works for the show because he's supposed to be older. But at the same time, it's like yeah, yeah, no, he's weird. He sounds so old but um but wharf tends to like a fine wine you know get better with age and the fact that the scenes of him wielding that sword that's like the one area where i was like okay this is cool like this is something that was not um that they did they didn't they were not able for one reason or the other do this well in the old shows like the sound of a blade moving through the air didn't it didn't have one and and in, in real and in, in real life it doesn't have a sound it's just you know it's, it's you're just just swinging a a sharp metal stick around but in, in the show that kind of like sound of the blade cutting the air and the fight sequences where he's stabbing people and like it just that part is 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 much better than in the old show and you know he he benefits from that whereas you know 
they have they you know they have new phasers for the other guys. Who cares? Like it's not any cooler than it used to be. But the uh, but the, but like the swords, the way that they can you know do sound design for that now, it's just well, yeah. Well, the, the the aesthetics are much better. If, yeah, in that one instance only, I feel everything well, else yeah. you know. But um, I, I, I actually I actually like a lot of the. I've I've always been a big fan. Even like when they did the the reboots with J.J. Abrams, when they just basically updated the aesthetics of the ship, and they had like the, like the buttons and the screens and everything. Everyone's like, it doesn't look like the sixties. I'm sitting here like, yeah, that's fine. Like, <laughs> it's 2009. It doesn't need to look like 1960. Yeah. So like the screens now are are screens, and like they flicker yeah. when they're getting shot at and stuff. And like and like that stuff is fine. I, I like that stuff. I just can't stand that there's no lights anywhere and they look like they're walking around in the dark with flashlights yeah i don't but but the the interfaces and everything and the fact that the the ships can be run with minimal people on them which was a thing that they mentioned in the first season where like one of the pilots that they need to carry everybody around for picard they're like you're the only person on the entire ship. I mean, he had like a small ship. It wasn't like a galaxy class size, whatever. But he said like it's we can automate a lot of things, and we can have holograms do a lot of it now too if we really needed to. Mm. Like we can put up projectors, and we can put up. They have, uh, I know, in future episodes of this show, they have a uh, mobile emitters. Oh yeah. So, so they say we we just program holograms to do like like the basics like. They're not people, but I don't need to have 50 engineers when I can have one hologram doing a lot of work. And I kind of shrug and go, yeah, that's fine. Like, that's the next step you would assume a culture would do. Yeah. They had data there. And even when they had, I want to rip apart data and put them back together so I can make new ones. I'm like, yeah, they've always been trying to do that. So why not just do it with a hologram? Like, okay. Yeah. I'm fine with that. It's just I can't see anything because it's so dark. No, you <laughs> just, just you, turn the damn lights on. I don't understand. You can't. And like that really, that bothers me from a, both a practical standpoint, like I can't see anything of what's going on, but also like there was, there was, there was something warm and inviting about all those shows. Like I, I remember. Yeah, it's like a holdover from the, the dark, miserable aesthetic they're sort yeah. of stuck with. Like the like like Voyager was much darker than, um, everything was darker than the you know than the than the next generation set that was a really bright set, and I remember in one of the episodes of Voyager where they they remember that like a season five finale when like the guy with the big brain convinces them that. Oh, you know, yeah. they they, they get cr- on a different ship. Yeah, get on a different ship, and they crack the the slipstream t- technology, and um, like I just remember how beautiful that set was, and the same thing when the doctor sh- like trend trends like sends himself through the array back to the Alpha Quadrant at the very edge of Federation space to a ship that's like been taken over by Romulans or whatever. And it was a st- Andy Dick was in it. It was a terrible episode. But I, oh, I yeah. you good. Yeah, that ship. I remember it was a nice, bright-looking bridge. Yeah, it was you know. well, well designed. Mm-hmm. It was sleek. It was clean. It was different. It was sort of you know. But again, like it was bright, and they did it on purpose. I'm sure to go. This is the bright future. And if you recall, at the end of the episode with the big brain guy, when the when the hologram fades away, 
and you see what the ship, what the ship really looks like, it's completely dark in there, and there's no lights at all. And that's, you know, it's a very obvious visual metaphor for, like, you thought you were going home. You're not. It's everything is terrible again, and you and then you're still stuck here. Um, but there was something to be said about, like, being able to see and just the how comfortable this place is supposed to be. I mean, for Christ's sakes, they have holodeck still, right? That's still a thing. Yeah, I think the next episode is all about the holodeck. And, like, the holodeck's one of those things where you kind of, they started doing it, and it was like, okay, well, this is weird and crazy, but it it's cool, so we're going to keep it. And then they're like, they brought they brought Barkley in, and they used the whole thing like, well, what if a person just like never wanted to leave there? Wouldn't wouldn't that happen? And they explored that idea, and then you got to like DS Nine, and they go, oh, well, it's just a brothel. That's what he's running. Quark is 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 running a a brothel in there, and you go in there and you do what you do with your holographic ladies, then you you leave, and so like everyone's always kind of skirted the you know around the idea of uh, of the holodeck for years, but they have them, and they're like it's a fun thing, and this show doesn't look like anybody has any fun ever. So like, I I do, you know I'm. So like the good things are, bringing back the old people is cool. Jack is cool. Which by the way, why is his name Jack? By the way, why why does that bother you? That is Jack. It's Jack. Why is it? Why does that bother you? That's her dead, dead husband's, husband's name. name. Yeah, that's right. why would you why would you name your you know your kid after. Your dead husband. Well, that was that was her first lover. Her lover. Yeah. Fine, but like, yeah, I, I don't and think it, anybody would name their child they had with a different guy after their first husband. <laughs> like, it just seemed like an odd. No, well, and his last name is Crusher because she she raised him to not have Jean-Luc Picard part of his life. Right, but she named him after her first husband, not after like anybody else. Yeah. I don't know, this just seems odd to I me. I mean, she because she lost that guy tragically. Like he died. How did he die? In an accident or something? I don't no, know. I, like, I mentioned on an away mission. <laughs> yeah, on an away. Yeah, like Yeah. He died tragically or something. So yeah. it's not like they were divorced or whatever. It was no. she, she lost him young. She raised the kid by her the first kid by herself. Yeah, it just it just seems odd that you would, you know. That's like you know, if you know, if your wife dies and you, you know, you have have somebody else with you know have a kid with with somebody else, and then you name that person after your wife, that'd be weird, wouldn't it? Well, she's not with the second person. Like she's not with Jean Luc Picard. So it's like he's not he's out of my life. I'm not gonna have him be part of it later. We obviously didn't end on good terms. I miss my old husband. I'd like to honor him somehow. I guess. It's just well, whatever. I mean, I could tell it was his son like immediately. So Oh yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. glad and I'm glad that Riker could do. <laughs> He's like, You're kidding, right? Like, it's like <laughs> super obvious. Yeah. And, and I think that's the thing that Jonathan Frakes brings to it. It's just you know, that kind of moment like, you know, you know <laughs> like do I have yeah. to be the asshole to say that we went in that hot tub and went back in time? <laughs> it's just like yeah. He's that's what his function is here is to be like, look, we all know what we're doing here, people. Let's just yeah. not pretend anymore. And I, you know, sometimes this show needs to get of this the done before they hand out the beefsteaks, okay? <laughs> like Look, I have to be somewhere, you know, after lunch. So let's just try yeah, there's there's a right. sort of perfunctory nature to his presence yes. in the show, which I'm is dedicated. Well, I'm, de- I'm dedicating a jiffy lube after this, so let's hurry it up. <laughs> 
both endearing and like appreciated. Like, yeah, okay, moving on. It's his kid. But so, yeah, so like those things carry, you know, they they carry a lot of weight. I mean, the bar is low, but okay. I I am interested to keep watching. And I can't say that about any of the other shows. I want to know why they want the kid. I want to know what the hell this weird technology is that... Like, I like the technology, too. Like, What's oh, look, it's a portal thing. It kind of puts you in, a little, in, 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 like, a loop. And it's this thing where, like, you make a hole in the ground and then you f- have the building fall from the sky. Like, But you missed the last 15 minutes, right? I did. So don't spoil it because I'm actually going to go back and watch it. So, if, you know. Right. But, like... Does it get worse? Just like they... no, it it answers some of those questions, and then it brings up new, bigger mysteries. Which is uh, which is again, which is good writing, which is fine, yeah. And like I, you know, you you and I had talked about this years ago when Discovery came out, and we're just like, okay, this is new. We 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 appreciate the need for new, but this is also just terrible. It's just really really bad, and so like. New was like the spore drive. That was new. We'd never heard of that. It was also really fucking stupid. Like, I, I, I kind of get the idea that like, okay, we've invented a new kind of propulsion where you don't really fly around, but you simply jump around. Okay, that's fine. What about, you know, giant tardigrades? And you know, weird mushrooms makes this happen, and the it just it was too weird and too stupid. But like this stuff seems to be new too, but it's also not stupid. It's good new, you know. Like they're constantly looking to, for, for for ways to make this new and fresh, but they usually fail at that. And here they don't seem to have have done that. They think they've sort of found interesting ways to do this so far. Yeah. Well- my my the problem with discovery i mean discovery had myriad number of problems but i remember we were also saying like well it always takes these shows a little bit of time to get going and that was only true when they were doing 26 episodes a season and they had the time to reflect on what they were what it is they were doing and in these years they don't they just churn out 10 episodes and then they go let's call it a day and then they kind of shrug and go on to the next season so like that show never learned from its mistakes until they were doing them in chunks instead of like gradually fixing them, which is what happens here. But so the writing in this one is so much better because now, I mean, it helps that the characters have already been established for the last 40, 50 years, but now they talk like people, which goes an enormously long way to, to making all the other nonsense still palatable. So, there are benefits to the way that they, they speak, but some things from the old ways of doing it in this new Star Trek are still holding it back. So like, I remember when they first meet Crusher and she's like, I need to have this conversation with Jean-Luc Picard about his son. And it's just the two of them in sick bay in this past episode. Mm-hmm. And they sit down and they talk about why she didn't tell him he had a son. And it sounded like two normal human beings, one who's upset, one who's devastated explain like, explain this to me how you could keep such a big secret from me forever yeah. right and i was like oh my god that's that's about how an actual person would react to something you know they don't scream at each other they're angry but they don't stomp off and you know i was like wow <laughs> this is really well done and then five minutes later they're getting wounded in 
and Beverly Crusher is trying to help because she's been a doctor her entire life. And the doctor who actually works on the ship is like, it would take too long to explain how to work everything. Just stand aside and let me do it. And I threw my hands up like, the woman's been a doctor forever. As far as I know, she still is a doctor. So why are you not at least letting her help, you know, sit people down comfortably and give her, you know, let her get the ice packs. Like, <laughs> why are you being a jerk about this? You know, that, this that, is, this is bad writing. <laughs> that line made no, and like, I was, because I was what, so, we, we need extra tension. Like that's <laughs> bad. Don't put sh- that in there. The ship is blowing up all around you. Like, wouldn't it be fine just to say, yeah, why don't you give that guy, take that guy with the broken arm and put it back together again? Like, Yeah, well, tell him to hold it steady. Uh, you know, <laughs> she knows how to use a tongue depressor, I'm sure. Let her do something. <laughs> yeah, that, that, see, and the thing about those lines is that they're bad because they just don't make any sense. Like, yeah. there, there's nothing to, there's nothing in the story so far that's, told you that this woman is somehow incompetent or behind in the times she's right. just she's just new to you like she's, but yeah. she's still a doctor and as far as you know she's still got like look you got a computer that can tell you anything ever in three seconds just by talking into the air which yeah. by the way i have in my house too but still like you have it on this show wouldn't you go hey computer is this lady really a doctor and they go oh yeah i know she's all kinds of doctor yeah, she is it, and like why would you you're right like you don't need to make more tension no it's it's artificial tension and then it, i also didn't understand why like everyone on the ship is mad at jack crusher and beverly crusher because they're in this situation because of him and if anything they're in that situation because of picard and Riker. Yeah. <laughs> that's really what they're there for you know but like, w- would the lowliest deck officer be mad about this sort of thing? Do you even know what's happening? Yeah, remember the guys on the on the <laughs> old show? They just stood there and like, uh, uh, Ensign, you stand here and guard this guy who's been like the center of the episode and giving us a tremendous pain in the ass. You'd be like, okay. Like yeah, that. like, like there's, uh, there's... no one informed me because I'm a lowly grunt, so I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and so are we are, are we transitioning now into things that we didn't like about that? Um... Uh... Yeah, I guess so. Were were there more things that you did like? Uh, about the same stuff you liked. Okay, I like that Good. they jettisoned the old cast and brought the new one. I mean, you know, <laughs> that that old the older members of the show were were a real drag. Yeah, and, and even having seven of nine there is is tough. And I listened to the interview with Brandon Braga recently, where they at they always ask and they're always very polite. Like, what do you think of the new Star Treks? And because he works in Hollywood, he has to say. It's different. It's, you know, I don't really know. I haven't watched the whole thing, blah, blah, I'm sure. But he did say something. He was like, that's not the direction I would have taken that character. But, you know, you lose ownership of those things when you're not working on them anymore. It was just a very diplomatic thing to have said. Sure. Yeah, because she's fucking terrible. She's absolutely fucking terrible. Well, she was worse before. I believe that. Truly, she was worse. I was like, I don't they drew, I don't know why they've dragged poor Jerry Ryan into this, but oh well, my god. I mean, she's a fan favorite. That's why they dragged her out. She's the sexiest thing that's ever been on this show. Yeah, but they were just doing so, so many horrible things with the Borg and everything. I was like, what are they doing here? Yeah. And I mean, look, so, Jerry, Jerry Ryan is 
you know, much like Julian Blaylock, I, you know, who again, not a good actress at all. Um, you know, and Jerry Ryan might be better than we're seeing here. I don't know her. I don't travel. Um, <laughs> but you know, she was hired because she was stunning, absolutely just a bombshell. And she, they poured her into that suit and she saved that show for another four years. But she was also amazing in that role. And the same as Julian Blaylock. Julian Blaylock did a really good job as well. Um, she was amazing. Like, that's so hard to do, to give a character life and depth when you really can't smile. You can't, you can barely, like, it, it's so challenging. And Seven of Nine's journey was so interesting. And it, it, it set her apart from everybody else. And it was, it was great. They never explored that before. Like taking, and like the idea that like, you know, they took they took Picard and when he was a Borg and then they unborged him and that was like you know that that was all kinds of traumatic. He was he was a Borg for a week, you know. She was a Borg when she was seven years old, and you know it, the, the, that traumatic journey and it gave you know all kinds of stuff with her and 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 uh, Kate Mulgrew to do and it was great. And then they threw that all away. And well, like, the writing, the writing in the last couple of seasons was atrocious. And yeah, and I mean, she was like, just doing the best she could, I suppose. And they, it's it's like I remember when, um, Rene Auberginois was talking about, um, you know, playing Odo, and he had gone to the writers when they said to him, "Hey, you know, your whole thing from the start was like you don't know where you came. You're the only one." like this that anyone's ever met before and it's really weird which was bizarre for Star Trek because like Star Trek thing was like there was races of people nobody was like an island until like unto himself but Odo was and they said to him hey we're gonna meet your people in the next season and he was furious and he went to the writers he said no you can't do this that's my whole thing you take this away from me. I got nothing to do. Like, you're just going to ruin this. And they go, oh, no, 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 no. Your people are going to be the bad guys. It's like, oh, okay, that's that, That's good. Let's do that. Because, you know, it took a thing and it solved one problem and created a new one. And that's, was, that's what was so great about this, that, that, that writing room. But they didn't create new problems for Seven of Nine. They created the same problems everybody else has. <laughs> they made her more human but boring. And they made her like, okay, you're also a lesbian. That's nice. You know, that doesn't matter when it's the 25th century. Like, nobody cares. Like, it's. Yeah. I mean, they did a lot of things with her where it was like. It was one of those characters where she was perfect in that one scenario. And it was like, okay, now what do we do with her now? And they didn't know either. So she was like in this like bounty hunting group of, you know, humans but they were not particularly kind and nice people and now in this one suddenly she's in starfleet and she's the commander of a starship like she just Ye- shot up to the top yeah that seemed odd to- I, I didn't know that backstory so like now it's right she more was strange i mean she was like one step above bounty hunter where she was like this you know and they mentioned the character the fenris rangers they mentioned them a few times in the show and like they're yeah. not looked upon as good people they they kind of lawless you know, they do whatever they feel like they want to do. If they want to break the laws, they will. She was murdering people. So you're like, okay, this is different. Suddenly she's the most emotional person in the galaxy. <laughs> 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 like, all right, well, that's, that's a turn. 
So now it's like, well, let's stick her in a Starfleet uniform. And, you know, they pay a little lip service to it. I mean, you know, Janeway and Picard said that this would be more structure for me and yada, yada. And I'm like, yeah, you kind of need that now. Like, but it's just an excuse to have her on the, on the show. And I was like, that's stupid. And like, like she's, she's not bad in this, but she's just not good. Like she could be what the, what they, yeah, they, what they've given her is not good. Yeah. They've, 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 they've ruined her opportunity to be great in this. Yeah. And, you know, are, are we on the part where we things we don't like? <laughs> yeah. We keep kind of going back and forth. So I apologize to the three people. <laughs> Nobody um, else cares. Nobody else cares. No, nobody else. Uh, what about the captain? Captain Dickhead with the beard. Uh, I already know what, why the captain acts that way, and it's not a great reason. Is it from but the previous? To- is it? No, he's new. He's a new guy. Okay. But um, if you don't want me to spoil it for you, I won't. Okay. But it, it it's an understandable, and he's not a complete jerk. Like if he had, if he had found out in that one episode that when Picard says that's my son, we gotta rescue him, and he goes, well then I still don't care. Okay, then he's just a bad guy. But when he realizes that, he goes, oh Christ! All right, <laughs> let's get him. Yeah, they sort of, they sort of knock him out of commission. When he comes back, he explains why he has a grudge against Picard, which is a lot of it. It's clear, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I. So, my favorite episode of of Next Gen is probably um, I've said this before, uh, Chain of Command, because it's it's really it's like two different episodes smashed into two big two parters. Um, Ronnie oh, Cox, yeah, Ronnie Cox <laughs> plays playing, the other captain, playing Captain Jellico, and like that was interesting because like for the first time you met a real jerk. No one on Star Trek had been a jerk before. People were kind of not likable. That one lady that Jordy had a crush on, um, uh, the 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 doctor with the galaxy oh, yeah, child scientist. and scientist yeah, lady, yeah. like. But then again, Jordy was a real creep in that episode, so you can't really blame her. Like she's just he had I don't a like fan. that episode. <laughs> eh, it's okay. I like the idea that you could you could spend a lot of time building a person up in your head. Which is basically what it is. Like he spends time with the holographic version of her, who's super friendly, and then when you actually meet her, they're not what you expect, and it like it bothers you when it shouldn't because it, it's not like you actually knew them, <laughs> you know? Right? Like, yeah, no, that, that happens. So I was like, yeah, okay, that's something. It's definitely an interesting idea, like a like a it's like a very basic concept explored through science fiction in, in a fun right. Way. Yeah, it's a it's a traditional trek kind of thing but but ronnie sorry. cox was just a jerk he was just yes. not a, like very just different from picard they had the whole thing about how picard said make it so he said get it done you know the two things have very different connotations to them but they mean the same thing you know and it just and it was one of those things where like he wasn't an effective captain so you, you you're, you're not supposed to like him you're not supposed to root for him but at the same time he he's not randomly malicious he's just hyper focused on other things and he has a false sense of confidence about himself characters like this guy and it's okay if he has a, like a grudge against picard but it's also not okay because you know i'm maybe the reason is great and when i watch it, i'll be like oh okay yeah that's no, totally fine but 
it's odd to have characters like that. Characters didn't like that didn't really populate this universe, and it's okay if you have them, but they were usually the focus of the episode, and that's where the the episodic nature of this show really is missed. In that, you know, when you come across somebody who doesn't like your heroes, the episode becomes about why. And that person eventually changes, or in some cases, your main character will will, will realize I haven't been, you know, there's a, a different side to me that I, even I didn't notice. And then, then the audience and and the the main character kind of see like, oh, there's more than one way to look at the yeah, action I, of this show. This I is a side is, thing, and it's it's kind of annoying. Well, I think that that this is just getting stretched out because it's it's one long thing. It's like one long story. I mean, for three or four episodes now, it's been the exact same setting, yeah. you know, like, so you're right, like that would be a whole episode, but we're seeing this play out among other things over a long form story, you know, because like I was the same way. I'm like, why is this guy such an asshole? Like characters are not supposed to be like this. But when you think about it from his point of view, he's absolutely right. They've commandeered his ship. There was insubordination. There was you know, false pretenses for why they're really out there. I don't like this guy to begin with. And now I'm in a ship fighting another ship that's vastly more powerful. Like if I even try to go toe to toe with these people, I'll get blown away to save someone who's not forthcoming and is someone somewhat of a liar, you know? So like none of this situation is, is beneficial or giving the benefit of the doubt and they don't deserve to, but he's not completely heartless. Like, well, no, my he's son. not. So he's yeah. like, you know, I, I'm really unhappy, and I've been pressed up against it by all these old men, and my, and suddenly my science officer, commander, who I can't suddenly trust. So now I have to do it a, the best I can. You know, no, there is there is more. You're like, all right, okay. Yeah, there's more humanity to him. He's not quite so two dimensional, but at the same time, it's just like. It comes out of nowhere and it doesn't go away. Like it's just sort of there at the beginning when he's just eating steak by himself, and you know, like, yeah. oh, are we late? And he's like, no, I just wanted to be a schmuck. No, and, like, uh, I didn't start really without much. you. <laughs> like, yeah, like I didn't really invite you here. <laughs> I think that wasn't that what it was. Like, I think that was his point that they showed up on the ship as well, and that's why, like, are we late? And he's like, no, because you're not supposed to be here, and like. I find it strange that they have this reputation that they're yeah. they're legends, but they're also like gung ho, do whatever they want kind of thing, which is I don't know if they've ever had that reputation. Well, I mean, no, I remember many really episodes have. where they did that sort of thing. And so, and it's like one of those things where like there there were a, a few times when like it really in DS Nine when. Cisco was sort of like, you know, the problem is Earth, and people there don't get us, and the the you know trying to bring Bajor into the Federation was this giant task, and the reason it was so hard is because Starfleet so and and the Federation is so you know bureaucratic and stupid and annoying, and like Cisco has these issues, and that was fun to watch these two cultures which basically seem kind of similar but no they're wildly different and you're you're underestimating everything if you assume that we can just like everyone's going to get along no it doesn't always, it doesn't always work like that but like 
I can see people thinking that he was kind of a loose cannon and Kirk was kind of loose cannon, but Picard? Uh, yeah, yeah like, <laughs> I mean, Kirk, I totally get it. People go, you know, you took some chances back in the day. We don't do, like, the captain doesn't go down every goddamn planet any, anymore, James. We all, you know, send the responsible people first and the captain stays on the ship. Like, this, this was a established about them years ago and yeah they did a few things that were you know a little bit against the rule book but at the same time they were all not that far outside of the rule book but and were all designed to be you know noble and heroic and you, you don't recall people getting hurt in the process and the way he's talking about them and maybe when you know when i finish the episode i'll 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 learn something i didn't consider but like no, this is not a reputation they had had until now, and so why this one guy's kind of grumpy about it was odd to me. Yeah, I don't know. So, but but uh, I, I'm I, curious to find out now. Anything else you don't like? Ah, uh, I mean the aesthetic. I think is the primary thing that just drives me crazy. I don't like the way the show looks. I don't like what they're trying to do to make it look edgy and cool and dark and interesting. I mean, you need, like, that would be fine for, like, the planet with all the drug dealers on it and, and the and the Ferengi. I did like how the Ferengi didn't look too weird, the way the, 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 way the Klingons looked really weird in the beginning of, of, of Discovery. Yeah, I think they went back on that. In Discovery, there was a, a Ferengi, and he looked like a goblin from Harry Potter. <laughs> I think people complained, and they were like, a goblin from Harry Potter. Yeah, they, the discovery is is just like falling down a tree and hitting the idiot branch every way down. So they were like, let's not do any of that. Christ. You know, like yeah. even with the they did the Romulans really well. They have the green blood. Like they they do all that stuff pretty okay. They 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 they're more they're more uh, recognizable. But like there there needs to be a contrast between that planet. And the ships where everything's clean and nice. Like, there needs to be differences. Like, it can't all look like it was shot in somebody's basement. Like, it that's how it looks like. And it doesn't make it look, you know, cool. It makes it look dark. It just looked... I can't see anything. Where... You know, it doesn't... Everyone is grumpy and dark, and I don't like that. I think everyone should be happier, because you're on Star Trek, and it's awesome. Yeah. You know, and you have cool technology, and things are great. And, like... You know, I I don't mind that like Beverly runs around and go like you know Starfleet forgot about these folks. We we fly around the galaxy saving everyone else that like that you know that the Federation forgot about. Fine, that's cool. That's a that, that that's definitely a thing that would happen with a large and bloated empire of planets and like it's you know like it's she's a little a little heavy heavy handed, but like okay, yeah, you know that that's something else that that's part of that aesthetic that I wish they would get off where it's like the, there's always this sense that the Federation is this bad thing. Yeah. You know, and like the first two seasons of Picard were big on that because it was all about how the, the Romulan planet exploded when their son did and the, and the Federation did their best to help them. But that has a two-pronged effect in that they didn't do a good job. <laughs> like, like they kind of gave up halfway through. They like they stopped, and Picard got got the blame for it, which was stupid. And 
everyone who was in the Federation was unhappy doing that because the Romulans had always been traditionally a bad people and a pain in the butt. And all of a sudden, like, all of a sudden, now we're helping them? And I'm sitting here like, yes, that's what you do. You're, you're good people. You're the Federation. You are literally a force for good throughout the universe. Um, And so a lot of them are, episodes are always like, well, the Federation sucks. They're full of idiots. They're full of people who are shady. And like they, they've done those episodes before in the old ones where like the Admiral turned out to be insane or something. Yeah. You know, you know, trying to martial law, whatever. But like there were still good people there as well. It was a struggle. Yeah. You got the people out there doing the work and exploring and, and fighting on the front lines and what have you versus the people sitting behind their desks making the orders. I mean, that was all, that, that was the whole, the whole thing w- w- with the Maquis. With everything. Yeah. I, I, I always think of the one where it was, a, it was a fluff episode where the doctor's programmer was dying and the doctor went over there to help him. And he was ultimately embarrassed that all the holograms that he had designed were not being used for the purpose he asked them to be used for. And they all looked like him. <laughs> he goes, I used my face for these holograms and they're, they're doing like, you know, waste management when they should oh, be yeah. doctors. And he says, and I tried to have them decommissioned, but Starfleet overruled me. Some bureaucratic ding dong somewhere told this guy he couldn't do it. And it humiliated him the rest of his life. So like, from freeding fighting all the way down to this is what we want to use the holograms for. There's this push and pull of a gigantic bureaucratic government. Okay. But don't tell me that they're all evil and they do horrible things. And they're like, you know, secretly working for bad people. Like it's too much, too much. Yeah. I'm it back. <laughs> I kind of benefit from not having watched those two seasons in, a, in myriad ways, but also the, like, when I hear Crusher say that, I go, okay, yeah, that that would be a complaint people would have about the allocation of resources or whatever. And you hear it like another complaint about the Federation. It just kind of rings right. hollow to you. For me, I'm like, okay, fine. But yeah, like if you play yeah. that same note all the time... Uh, if only they hadn't done those first two seasons, this would just, be a lot better. <laughs> yeah, just start here. You'd be fine. Like You literally don't need to know anything else. Like You kind of need some really? backstory on, on the lady with Worf. But even then, like, who cares? Like, just, yeah. just I, I don't really feel like I'm missing anything. She's an undercover agent. She's going through, she's a former addict. She's lost her family. She used to be in Starfleet, and this is how she's getting back in, and a wharf is her handler. This is awesome. This is fine. Yeah, it's really yeah. all you need. You know, and, I, and a friend of mine told me, he's like, oh, you should watch this. This third season is actually really good. I'm thinking, <laughs> you're so sweet. Like, you know, like this, but the, and I was wrong. I really, I, I'm looking forward now to watching the rest of this because, it just it, I I I regret that they stumbled initially, but it seems like they have found something to jump off of, and it it, it might be fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it'll stay this way, but I can't imagine getting it as bad as the last two were. <laughs> it could be worse than Robot Picard. Robot Picard, <laughs> which was all kinds of just. I mean, even the second season with dying Q. That was, oh, pretty, that was pretty rough too. John Delancey, and he was great. Of course, he's great because he's John Delancey. Talk was, about a guy who's like loyal to fans. I mean, 
we saw him at the convention years ago. Like he signed autographs like under the big top, and he came on like the convention floor in that really crappy little room and was talking to everybody about like whatever. Like he had he had a show or a podcast or something that he was he was he was promoting, and he was like right in the middle of all the the bunch of weirdos. And he wasn't like sequestered off, you know, with the cast in that giant room with the, you know, with the autographs. He was right down there. He did a great documentary about bronies because mm-hmm. he he did the I think he did voice work for like my My Little Pony and found out that there was like this this bunch of young men who really enjoyed the show and did so unironically and they were mercilessly attacked for it. And he was like, "That's not cool. That's mm-hmm. just that's just terrible." I mean, like I don't I don't know why these guys like this show, but they you should they shouldn't be treated like this. I'm like, good for you, John Delancey. So seems like a good guy. Yeah. So. All right. Well, if you have any thoughts about Star Trek Picard that you want to share with us, uh, you should let us know on Instagram or Twitter. We are at Three Drinks and Pod on both. You can tell us things on Facebook. You can email us at Three Drinks and Podcast at Gmail dot com. You can buy our merchandise at tpublic dot com. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or Google Music. We'd really appreciate five star ratings and reviews. Anything else? Uh, yeah, that's it. All right, as as always, please drink responsibly, and we'll talk to you all next time. Yep. See you later. Bye. <laughs>